Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic show for today with a delightful, delightful guest. Scottish sports shooter Shauna McIntosh joins the show. Shauna's shooting resume is immaculate, and she's currently the number one ranked woman in the world for three-position rifle. She became the world champion in the 2018 ISSF World Shooting Championships in the 50-meter prone rifle event. And in 2019, she became Britain's most successful rifle shooter of all time, winning three World Cup medals, and was the first British woman to achieve the rank of number one overall. Shauna comes from a family of shooters. Both her parents were competitive shooter, and her older sister Jennifer is a world champion and Olympian in the sport. Shauna was gracious enough to join me as she's preparing for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. On today's episode, Shauna discusses the surprising challenges of coming from a family of competitive athletes. Shauna also remarks on the slings and arrows that come her way as being the number one ranked in the world. And finally, we have a delightful, delightful conversation about books. And she shares some of her favorites and some of the things she's been reading recently. She's a big Harry Potter fan, and we definitely connected on that. Shauna was such an enjoyable, enjoyable conversation and is easily one of my favorite athletes that I've been lucky enough to chat with. She's an elite competitor, and her shooting resume is unmatched. I loved hearing her perspective of how she gets in the right mindset and how having blue hair actually prepared her for being ranked number one. Love me conversation with Shauna. I am so stoked to watch her athletic journey this year. Thrilled for everyone to meet her, so let's go ahead and bring on competitive shooter Shauna McIntosh, and let's learn. So I've been doing uh, a bit of fitnessy stuff, um, which I guess I don't normally have a lot of time to do. Um, like I've got my normal training but I guess um, with the shooting because it's quite um, it's quite important for you to be able to feel your body and things um, I guess a lot of the time I don't get to do a huge amount of like really hard fitness because um, it kind of tires your body out and then you can't really shoot and um, so I spent a lot of time doing a lot more fitness type stuff um, while I couldn't shoot which was really cool and um, I've read a lot of books and um, watched a lot of tv and um, kind of just taking each day as it comes and knowing that you'll have days that are super productive and then days that you're like I can't be bothered getting off the sofa um, and just like accepting that and being being okay with that. That's interesting that you mentioned not being overly training not being physically so you want to be relaxed so how do you balance that during the week what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're not overly trained that you are relaxed because it requires a lot of focus your, your profession. Yeah yeah it does um, I guess like I found found it quite difficult over the years to sort of find the balance between sort of your sort of shooting specific training and your sort of S&C like um, weightlifting type type stuff and um, I've found the, the like finding the balance of that quite difficult over the years because um, I've always like wanted to do a wee bit more of the S&C stuff and, and be a lot fitter than I am um, but then if you go a wee bit too far overboard then not being able to shoot properly or not being able to like feel your body and where it's supposed to be um, so I guess uh, yeah I, I think having like now done a lot of exercise and like my fitness levels like stepped up it's now about like maintaining and um, which is what I was doing before but I didn't have much to maintain before um, if that makes sense um, so yeah like I do have quite a bit of yoga I guess and kind of keeps me sort of fit but also relaxed and like um, sort of calm I guess um, which is pretty cool with the limitations on training over the last year, were there certain things that were new that you added that you're like, well, this is a good time. I can finally start practicing X, Y, and Z. 
Um, I kind of did a lot anyway. Um, so like the yoga is definitely not new and I did mindfulness and stuff. Um, I actually bought a road bike. Um, I've never been a particularly big cyclist, but my flatmate, um, she does biathlon. Um, my old flatmate, I guess she's moved out now, but she did biathlon. Um, and she was like continuing her training, which I guess a lot of the time she was in like other countries doing training with her team. So I didn't see a lot of what she did. Um, but yeah, when she was kind of, st- we were both stuck, <laughs> stuck here. Um, she's obviously continued her training and she's like getting bored with not having teammates to do anything with. She's like, right, get a bike. We're going together. <laughs> um, and I guess it took, it took a few weeks for her to like keep poking. Um, and I, yeah, I got a road bike and we went on some adventures together and, um, yeah, so that's probably the big thing I, I took up that I didn't really do before, um, which was cool, pretty cool. Um, haven't been able to do any recently because it's bloody freezing here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like looking forward to getting back to it. It's been really fun. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a lasting habit. Did you enjoy it? That'll be something you do long term? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I guess like I really, really hate the cold. Um, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'll be like a serious cyclist, I guess, because um, I'm not going out unless it's sunny. Um, but yeah, no, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and there was, there's lots of like places around here that were really nice, but there's also loads of other places around the country and I guess around the world. Um, if I end up living somewhere else, like it's something you can do anywhere. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to keep it up. It was really good. Both your parents are competitive shooters. I know that's going to give you a lot of opportunity, early accessibility to the sport, influence, extra coaching. But I'm curious on maybe some of the drawbacks. Was there extra pressure that came with that? It's kind of weird. Um, I really didn't want to shoot for a long time. And my big sister is also a shooter. Um, And I kind of like wanted to like make my own path and not do what she did and not follow in the family footsteps. I was like, nah, like that's been that's been and gone like that's that's already happened I'm going to do something else and um, so for a long time I wanted to do something else and my parents um I think especially my dad was totally keen for me to do other stuff and um, like I was I'm, I really wanted to be a musician when I was younger um, I'm a drummer um, and I like love doing it and um, I think at the time and I think like even looking back on it now I don't think I was quite talented enough to make it as a musician which is why I didn't really try but my dad was like I guess always wanted to be a musician himself but never like had that kind of opportunity so he was like yeah do it like it'd be amazing and um, he was always really supportive of like anything I wanted to do definitely like neither of my parents forced either of me or my sister into shooting they were they were definitely in fact they were probably at the other end of the spectrum and were very much like do something else um shooting's not gonna make you any money <laughs> do something else um so yeah like definitely there wasn't any pressure from that point of view or anything um I guess the the sort of hard part or the drawbacks about having like a family involved in sport it wasn't necessarily my parents it was my sister more more than anything um because we were competing against each other I think for a long time we kind of struggled we didn't get on for a long time um kind of kind of went up and down but yeah for most of the time we didn't really get on and yeah it was kind of harder being in that situation we get on fine now (laughs) well I'm I'm curious on the music level so who were the earliest musical inspirations in your life what were the what were the sounds that your your parents were introducing you to um so it's a bit of a mix so my granddad uh, used to take me to school and um, when I was little my sister went to a private school so she got the bus in the morning and my mom like went off to work and my dad often often was traveling with the team so my granddad took me to school and um, so I used to listen to a lot of jazz music with him in the car and um, so that was probably my first introduction I guess um, and I think once I started drumming lessons and um, so I used to listen to like Gene Krupa um, in the car with my granddad and I got drumming lessons when I was about eight I think eight or nine um, and after I got a drumming lessons my dad introduced me to Rush and Neil Peart um, and Phil Collins um, I have a very eclectic, eclectic music taste 
Um, Mike and the Mechanics is a, I'm a big fan of Mike and Mechanics um, and Genesis, that kind of thing. Um, so that's the sort of first stuff I remember like hearing and learning. Um, it's kind of grew arms and legs since then. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, as a drummer, there might be no greater influence than Rush. So that's a, right? a great right? <laughs> You're currently the number one ranked player in the world. It's such an amazing sentence that I'm going to say it again. You're currently the number one ranked player in the world. You probably never get tired of hearing that. But it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so cool. With that, though, that also makes you the target for a lot of opponents. So how, how do you balance that? Because you're excited to be number one, but now everybody's aiming for you. So how do you balance the, I'm super happy to be at night. You can say that sentence as many times as you want, but at the same time, there's an extra pressure that comes with it. I don't really, I don't really know. Um, I think a lot of the shooters that I'm sort of friends with, um, shooting's kind of one of these sports where there's nobody's like the best in the world. Like somebody obviously has to have the title um, and I'm fortunate enough to have it right now. Um, but I don't think like there, none of us are like the, so much better than anybody else. There's maybe like, I don't know, te- 10 or 15 women that are all just as good at each other. Um, obviously we have to end up ranked somehow. Um, and I've ended up at the top of the pile, but yeah, like we're all just as good as each other. So I guess it's kind of none of those girls, I guess, are kind of like aiming at me or like sort of coming for me because um, they're just as good as I am. Um, it just depends on the day, I guess. Um, the kind of younger down ones uh, or the sort of like newer people into the sport or whatever, I think it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, I kind of, I don't know if you know, I've got blue hair. Yeah, um, I dyed it back in 2017, I think. Um, and just like kind of on a whim. Um, it was, it'd been blue before, but just the sort of bottom inches, the bottom few inches. And I was kind of like, do you know what? I'm just going to dye my whole head um, and see what happens. And I guess like in 2017, when I dyed my hair blue, like shooting is a relatively conservative sport in some ways. Um, so I rocked up on the range with like bright blue hair and suddenly everybody's staring at me. Um, and that's not why I did it. It just like happened um, as a sort of side effect. And I guess like that's in some ways kind of helped um, with knowing like people are staring at me now because I'm world number one, but like I'm used to people staring at me because I had blue hair. Um, so I guess it's like, yeah, in some ways kind of helped with that. <laughs> you probably actually became number one training wise a long time ago, but it finally just happened. So have you changed at all over the course of the last several years to get to that elite level or it was just your time coming? Um, I think probably the latter. Um, I think it kind of just builds, um, you know, like builds on training, builds on training. I definitely didn't like change something and suddenly was so much better. Um, I'd like to think I haven't changed much <laughs> since, since, since becoming world number one. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I think it just builds um, and comes eventually. <laughs> We talked a little bit earlier about the focus that shooting takes. So you mentioned you're getting into yoga a little bit. So during the week, are there certain things that you do leading up to an event, specifically like the week of an event? Are there certain things you do to make sure that you are calm, focused, ready to go? Yeah. And so I do like a bit of yoga, but I would guess the the sort of, I would would think the the sort of um, poses that I would do sort of change a wee bit um, because you don't want to you don't want to do too much like flexibility and suddenly like change the change your body or change the tensions in your body. So it's more, um, the, I guess the focus of my yoga come comes more into the mental aspect. Like it's always there, but um, I guess the for, sort of focus changes a wee bit from less physical um, into the sort of mental t- uh, type aspect. And um, I do a wee bit more like mindfulness, I guess, um, mindfulness training, maybe meditation stuff like that. Um, but mostly it's kind of just like chilling out. Um, so like if I'm at an event, um, I tend to just like read all, I read on a plane or watch TV on a plane. Um, about books. I was about to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. 
um, yeah, kind of like listen to a wee bit more music, I guess. Um, and yeah, kind of just take your mind off of like uh, uni work, I guess, um, and, and more onto the sort of what the job you've got to do in, in the next week or so. Yeah. While you're standing in front of a beautiful, beautiful bookshelf, I think bookshelves are a piece of art. So, and you're an avid reader. So what are some of the books that, not even, not even competition week, what are just the books that you enjoy, you enjoy to use as a distraction and get away from the world? What are some of your favorite books? Um, I really like High Power. High Power is good. Um, I'm kind of a big fan of like anything fantasy or sci-fi, to be honest. Um, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what it is. Um, High Power is pretty good. Um, I actually just finished reading The Martian. One of my best friends bought me um, The Martian for, for Christmas, um, which I'd never read before, and I hadn't seen the movie. Um, and I just like rapid read it in like two or three days. It's really good. Um, yeah, I was kind of reading it being like, our problems are so small. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I watched the movie and it was really good too. So yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, I guess there's lots of ones. Um, these ones, uh, sort of over my shoulder, um, is by David Eddings. They're kind of older, I guess, uh, maybe from, I want to say, the 80s. Um, th- uh, they're called The Belgariad. Um, it's the first set of five. Um, I really like them. It's kind of epic fantasy. It's a really, really big story. I really like that one. You must be, you must be, then I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, you must be a Ravenclaw, then, is what I'm guessing. I'd love to be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I, I've done the Pottermore quiz so many times. I always wanted to be a Pufflepuff or a Ravenclaw, um, and I never get them. I always end up being Gryffindor, um, but my sis- sister thinks I'm a Slytherin, so. <laughs> wow, I wouldn't have thought of Gryffindor. It's, but it's, maybe it's one of those things. It's like the sorting hat chooses. Yeah, no, I always wanted to be a Ravenclaw, but no. Um, I get my, all my jumper. I've got, a, I've got a Harry Potter jumper and it's, def- it's a Slytherin jumper because um, my sister's like, nah, you're definitely Slytherin. So. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm a Ravenclaw. Even, even the quiz, I want to be, but also the quiz says I am. But secretly, especially after you see the end of the, of the books and everything, how Snape becomes the hero, it's like, I wouldn't mind being a Slytherin. It's uh, funny. I think it's the ambition bit that she's like, yeah, you're a Slytherin. Um, and like you read the descriptions, like you go and read them again, you're kind of like, well, no, I can see that. Like I'm not evil, but not all Slytherins are evil. <laughs> You've had a terrific career, many medals, many podium finishes. Uh, looking back on your career thus far, which are the results that you're most proud Um. I think probably my air rifle medal. Um, so I've got two Olympic events. Um, one of them's 50 meter uh, three positions, um, which is the one I'm like on paper better at. Um, the one I'm probably better at, regardless of on paper. <laughs> um, and then the other one I do is, is air rifle. And I guess um, like I've always found the air rifle a bit harder. Um, it's normally done inside um, and the scores are so much, like it's not really comparable, but the scores are so much higher. Um, I always find it just like harder to do you've got to have so much more focus because it's indoors and you don't have to worry about the wind. Like I'm quite, we live in a windy country here. So it's, um, I'm quite good at like reading wind and, and doing like outdoor shooting. The indoor stuff I find really difficult. Um, so yeah, I think when I, when I won my World Cup medal for air rifle, I was really like, oh my goodness, I could be good at this one. <laughs> I could be really good at this too. Um, so yeah, I'm probably most proud of that one. <laughs> so Which is not the one people think. <laughs> yeah, so what's the time? frame for you going forward for the next few months what's the schedule for you what's that time frame look for you uh, so we've got we're not quite sure about the world cups um, in the next few weeks and um, i've got one in delhi in india um, which i don't think we're going to be going to just from the the health point of view um, and then there's one in korea south korea um, so we're probably looking to go for that one um, there's in Britain, we've got a two-week quarantine, mandatory quarantine. I think it's maybe 10 days, but a 10-day mand- mandatory quarantine when you come back from anywhere now. Um, 
but there's then two week quarantine in South Korea and there's not enough time in between the two events to, to do both. Um, so we're probably going to Korea uh, in April, I think it is. And then we've got European Championships um, sort of end of May, start of June. And then it's off to Tokyo. So actually this year's uh, pretty quiet um, compared to our normal years. We'd normally be like pinging about all over the place. <laughs> well, that's another great sentence, off to Tokyo. And I know you've already qualified. Looking forward to that. For you, you've got to travel all around the world through competitions. I know you don't get a lot of time to be a tourist when you're there because you're shuffling from the hotel, the airport to the, to the arena. But in the brief times that you've had, which have been the countries that have left the, the strongest emotional hold on you? Um, I think, so we do a bit of training in South Africa. I've only been twice, um, but the training we did in South Africa, I absolutely love where we go. Um, it's like, it's quite rural, I guess. Um, and this time we were there, they had, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, but when they have like power outages, they're planned. Um, so they had some of those and we were, we were running the range off of a generator at some point. So it's really like really low tech, but I absolutely loved it. Um, and you just like takes away we don't really have this here anyway, but I always feel like you should get, you should, people should be made to go and do like stuff like that and just like in rural stuff because it takes away any like entitlement that people would feel or whatever. Um, but yeah, the place we stay is like in a safari um, park. Um, it's, yeah, not the safari parks that we would know, I guess, um, but in a sort of, yeah, um, natural park. Um, so yeah, when you're driving like down the, down the massive driveway, it's like two or three miles long. Um, to get out and, and to go towards the range there's just like there's some giraffes chilling out over there and you can see the elephant pen in the distance and I was just like it's just the coolest thing ever sometimes there's some zebra and there's there's always mon like monkeys everywhere and um, I just like it's the coolest thing ever to to see all that like wildlife and just be like this is this is so normal here like yeah. this is so what, cool and what's your animal the one you're like I gotta see this gotta get the picture with what's the one for you I love elephants I'm a big fan of elephants I think they're so cool <laughs> You live in one of my favorite locations. I'm curious, for someone visiting Scotland for the first time, what would be your recommendations? I don't know. I haven't seen half of the stuff I should have seen. <laughs> um, Edinburgh's pretty cool. There's a lot of nice stuff here. Um, it's really, like, ye olde, I guess. Um, we've got the castle, and then there's all these, like, tiny little close, do we call them closes? They're cool. I don't know what the plural is. Uh, close um so these tiny little like alleyways that in, read, lead in, in between different streets and stuff and they're really tiny but they're so cute um, and it's just a really pretty city um, i guess like further up north um, there's Aylan donan castle is uh, i want to say northwest but i might get that wrong my geography is rubbish um, it's really pretty i've never been though um, the, my sister lives near the cairngorms and the, the cairngorm national park sort of north-ish in the middle of the country is massive it's really cool and um, there's a lot of cool stuff yeah i don't know so you see everything <laughs> yeah. i think the north coast 500 is pretty popular these days actually um so they have this like 500 mile route all the way around the top of the country that's right yeah. when i was there there was a lot a lot of construction on the, the little light rail that you had there right in the middle of the city there's a lot of construction going on so hope, i don't know if that's still going on what would be it's also finished. the it's finished yeah finally oh. <laughs> yeah that, that was brutal that was brutal what would be the food and drink recommendation because the culture of our food there is great cuisine. Ooh, ooh. see if you want to experience scottish cuisine you have to have a chippy and you need to have a fried mars bar personally never had one don't doesn't really appeal to me but uh, i'm told if you're going to have scottish cuisine a fried mars a deep fried mars bar um, try some haggis i guess try, try some iron brew the only one of those three things i like is is haggis uh, i'd really don't like iron brew either <laughs> Oh no, they're going to hear that and then be like, boy, we're not sponsoring you. <laughs> she just says she doesn't like it as much. She likes it. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Iron Brew as much. 
<laughs> yeah. Haggis was okay. I, I was scared to have it, but it was it was a it was fine. It was fine. I think the the trick is to get people to try it before they know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as soon as you tell people what it is, loads of people are like, "Ooh, I'm not eating that." And you're like, "No, no, but it tastes good." <laughs> There's so many places on my like travel list of places I want to go. Um, that I'm like, I will never be able to go to a shooting competition here, so I'm going to have to go like by myself. <laughs> well, tell me them, what are they? Uh, Iceland's one. Um, I really want to go to Jordan, um, to Petra in Jordan, um, with the that awesome like facade thing. Um, just is uh, so cool. Um, I'd like to see the Great Wall of China. It'd be really cool. And there's no, um, there's no, not a lot of shooting competitions in China. There are. I'm, I missed one, what, two years ago, I think. Um, I can't remember why we didn't go, but um, we didn't get to go. And everybody else was there and they were all taking pictures on the Great Wall. I was like, so jealous. <laughs> um, so maybe I might be able to get to China. Um, we were supposed to go to India this year, uh, last year and this year. Um, I'd really like to go to India as well um, as the home of yoga, I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot of like people going on about uh, cultural appropriation of like Westerners. Um, of things like yoga and I'm kind of like do you know what I I'm, I don't really know enough about that to to gauge one way or the other but I'd like to go to the country and experience it from their point of view I guess um if I'm welcome <laughs> um love to see that there's loads of bits of South America as well I guess um like Machu Picchu and the Inca Trail and things and in Hawaii is my absolute I'm dying to go to Hawaii <laughs> use it as a celebration trip after a strong finish this year That'd be awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> Are you going to keep blue hair for the Olympics? Yeah, definitely. I know it's uh, grown out a wee bit at the moment, but yeah, um, assuming the Olympics go ahead, I will fix this before I go. <laughs> whole thing's going to be blue. Yeah, whole thing, whole thing. Very cool. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. That's not even the whole of lockdown growth. That's only from like, I don't know, that's maybe like six months or something. Um, it's about, what's that, like three inches or something? Um, I fixed like this much growth in the middle of lockdown. Um, I already fixed it and it's grown out already. And I'm just like, oh. So are you, are you going to wait and only do it one time for Olympics? Or do you think you'll do it a few times to get it prepped? I think uh, probably like four weeks before, because then it gives me like one to fix it um, and then another one to top up just before I go. That's um, smart. That's like, that's like if you're going to a wedding or something, you never get your hair cut like the week of. You give it like two weeks to give yourself right? to yeah <laughs> in case it goes like way wrong <laughs> i have a book recommendation for you called station 11 station 11 got it i will write that down it's it's science fiction not 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 too sci-fi not too fantasy oddly enough it's about a pandemic but it was written about five years ago cool it's about a group of people who perform shakespeare during the pandemic as a way to you got you know you got everybody being negative but you got this this shakespearean troupe that travels along north america from one location to another putting on shows for other people. Cool. That sounds good. They, yeah. In the face of the apocalypse, they decided to do Shakespeare. So that's my response. So cool. Yeah, I'll definitely get that. Yeah. It's a very, very charming book. I think you'd like How about Greek mythology? You know that? Yeah, Percy Jackson. Love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then before you read Station Eleven, check out The Song of Achilles. Song of Achilles. Got it. I will have a look. Mad, by Maddie Miller. It is, it's her take on the Trojan War, and but it's written from Achilles' his boyfriend's perspective. Ooh, cool. It's one of the best love stories I've ever read. The writing is just so poetic. You just, you, you read a line and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like, wow. I, I get that. <laughs> I feel like when so many people just like kind of read books and you're like, oh, what did you think? And they're just like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're like, what, what? Yeah, yeah, you totally got it. <laughs>
reading that and you, it's just like, wow, what a great, fantastic sentence. Like the way he's describing his love for Achilles, he's just like, damn, I've never loved anything like that. <laughs> well, you got to send me a recommendation before I go. Well, for what's, uh, how about, do you have one that's not a series? Because my only problem with fantasy, I'm open to fantasy, I like Harry Potter and I like Game of Thrones, but every time there's a fantasy book that someone recommends, they're always like 600, 700 pages. <laughs> they're always like eight books and that's fine. But just starting. <laughs> yeah, no, you end up with like so. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. Um, oh my god, I'm trying to think what I have. Have you read Artemis? That's Is by the That's by the same guy. Yeah. Who did yeah, yeah, it was really good. I read actually read it first and then read Martin because um, they're totally not related. Um, but it's really good. You're the only person. You're, I think you're the only person who ever did that because most people found him through them through Martin. And then did you? So yeah. how did you? You, you I like just totally like missed it or whatever um, when it came out. I guess the movie came out in 2015 and I just like, I have so many other books to read. I just missed it. You like um, it? And yeah, my, my friend, uh, he was like, have you read this? You need to read this. And then he nagged me about it so much that he was just like, if your parents don't buy you it for Christmas, I'll buy you it for Christmas. And I swear to God, he asked me uh, on Boxing Day, he was like, have you, did you get it for Christmas? And I was like, no. And it arrived the next day. He'd like ordered it and was just like, read this. Um, so that's how I ended up and I ended up with Artemis first and then The Martian came like a few weeks later it was just like a stock issue it yeah it was, I really like both of them but yeah like Artemis was really good as well if you haven't read that one okay that's uh, I really like The Martian I thought The Martian was one of my favorite books of that year it was really yeah good. it was better than the movie of course because there's more going on but yeah I watched the movie like straight after I finished the book and I was kind of like I can see that this is a good movie but you've missed out so much yeah the big thing that and I always have to but yeah, there were so many bits that I was just like, but you've missed like his struggle. I feel like they missed out so much of his struggle because they were like fitting yeah. in all the other bits about all the other actors. And I was kind of like, I mean, yeah, I get why you had to, but I'm like, you've missed out like yeah. a really key bit. Yeah, the swarm in the book was everywhere. And, and then yeah. it happened in that. Did you read Ready Player One? No, so that my friend who recommended this has uh, is also recommended Ready Player One. He's just like, I got it. We're doing a book swap. <laughs> well, ask, so, yeah. him, ask your friend what he thinks of because they, they did a sequel. They did Ready Player Two. I don't think he's read it yet. Um, sequels are never, never, ever, 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 ever. So I'm, I'm. <laughs> Ready Player One is fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoy it. It's so much. It, the the amount of you'll be underlining things just when it comes to like the songs and the video games you talk about. You're like, oh my gosh, I haven't read that in so long. Oh, it's so <laughs> one of those. You're gonna awesome. you put it down, then you look it up, and you're like, oh, I remember that Atari video game. So, but I was because <laughs> I want to know if you had read Ready Player Two as well. But. Yeah, no, I haven't read either of them. I actually did just add them to my Watsons uh, book list the other day, though. <laughs> I've got like a wish list on on Watsons um, that like keeps everything that I haven't bought yet. Um, and then I've got I've got my Kindle as well because when you're traveling, like easier to have a Kindle than it is to have like six books. Um, so I've got like almost all of my books. I've got two copies of because I've got like a Kindle copy on my Kindle, and then I've got the paper copy because I like books. <laughs> um, yeah, my I, my old flatmate thought I was mental. Cause she was just like, "Why on earth do you need like? But you have it on Kindle. Why do you need the paperback? Like, why do you need so many books? You only read them once." And I'm like, "No, we don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've only read them once so far." <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Shauna. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram. And keep an eye out for her at the Olympics this year. She'll be easy to spot with her blue hair. And Shauna, thank you for the book recommendations. I have ordered Artemis already. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, 
Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.